0: Welcome home, this is Audio EXP for the 4th of April 2020 and the title of this episode is You Are a Hero It's tough being trapped inside, held captive by an invisible villain But imagine being a young kid while it's happening Imagine bristling with energy, the need to run around and spend time with friends You might be old enough to know something is going on, something scary that you don't fully understand Self-isolation and social distancing is tough on adults, but for some kids, it's even harder. And that's why I wanted the first story this week not to be about RPG freebies, don't worry, we'll get to those, but about the Stockport Spider-Man. Stockport is a large town in the Greater Manchester area of England. Historically, Stockport made hats and rope, but the last hat work closed before the turn of the century. Kids trapped inside their homes in Stockport have a chance now of looking out of their window and seeing Spider-Man pass by on patrol. How cool is that? If their kids are young enough, parents can use this to reassure and yet remind that we really do have to stay inside. In fact, we're helping people by staying inside. We're being heroes by staying inside. In truth, the Stockport Spider-Man are two friends. In the UK, we are allied out of our homes for essential food and medical trips and one exercise a day. These two friends are taking turns and using their exercise ration to dress up as Spider-Man and entertain kids. There's a growing fan base on Facebook for the Stockport Spider-Man and I'm now hearing of other similar activities up and down the country. There's even one postie who wears different fancy dress each time they're out on the mail run. It's a crisis, but the lockdown is bringing out the best in some people. It's a big week for comics in general First up, there's news of a gigantic auction of comic books from the world-famous Thuttersby's Auction House. The Ian Levine Collection is going under the hammer, and it's believed to be the only complete DC collection anywhere. Every single DC comic from 1935 to 2014 is in this collection. I can't imagine this comic book empire going for less than $5 million. just a few years ago. Action Comics 1 sold for $3.2 comic, and more recently, Detective Comics 27 sold for just over a million. Both those comics are in this collection, along with the first appearance of Wonder Woman, The Flash, Green Lantern, Aquaman, The Justice League. How much do you think this collection's worth? The rest of us, those without millions, will be struggling to buy any comic books right now. Shops are closed, And even if the shops are open, they would be empty. Because the distributors are closed and are no longer distributing comics anywhere. In fact, the noise coming out of the Gepi family enterprises is not good. That's the company who owns Diamond Comics. That's the hugely dominant comic book distribution business in the States. They also own Alliance Game Distributors, which does the same thing, except for tabletop games. And they're not going to be able to pay publishers this week. They don't have the cash. Rumours this week, and I'm only saying rumours because everyone except the key company involved seems to have confirmed this, is that Comic Hub is up to something. Comic Hub is a collection of software packages that makes it easier to sell comic books as a store or supply comic books as a publisher to local stores. According to sites like Bleeding Cool, Comic Hub is about to launch a system where local stores can sell digital codes for comics, And a digital code for the comic comes with a digital copy of that comic. So when the lockdown is open, you can take your code into the store and pick up a physical copy of the comic as well. In other words, collecting physical copies continues and the local stores are cut into the action in a way that buying digital only on sites like Comicology does not. Comic Hub has not, as far as I can see, at the time this is recorded, publicly confirmed... Any of this is true. If it is, and the reports that they plan to get this all up and running in two weeks come true, then buying comic books may never be the same again, in a good way. There's big news from the world of webcomics as well. The Korean giant Tower of God has had more than 4.5 billion views. That's 25% more views than Sai's Gangnam Style video has had on YouTube. Funded by Crunchyroll, Tower of God is now a Japanese language anime and the subtitled first episode is available to watch on the platform. Geek Native got an early look and I enjoyed the episode. Okay so the webtoon comes out once a week so you have to accept backgrounds and character designs are realistically simple to allow publication dates to be met and the anime reflects that. In terms of plot though I like it. I think there'll be two layers. Climbing the magic tower is one layer And I suspect that will be a series of challenges and a likely focus for all the foreground action. You know, whether that's fighting, betrayal or other drama. In the background, I think we'll get into the politics of the Tower, the noble families and why everyone there, wherever it is, is so powerful. Will Tower of God hit 4.5 billion views on Crunchyroll? I doubt it. I don't think anime is that mainstream yet. Not in the West, although it's undoubtedly increasingly popular. Popularity of course can matter. The gaming site Nworld is closing their Trail Seeker patron because it's not popular enough. It has 91 patrons, or it did, which meant that Nworld got 170 bucks for each Pathfinder article it wrote. Nworld found that they were making a loss on that model, and so have little choice but to stop doing it. In better Patreon news, it's a new month, which means the publisher Spotlight Paul is open again for geek native patrons. There are five small publishers backers can vote into the limelight next month. They are In Search of Games, Tribality Publishing, Dungeon Master Resources, Rogue Genius Games, and Arbco Games. Thank you. If you are a patron supporter, a regular listener, someone who occasionally shares a Geek Native article on social media, then thank you. I'm on the Discord for Cortex. I've never played the game. I'm there to track the release of Cortex Prime, as it's now two years late. But what strikes me is that the small community of regulars there are so upbeat and friendly that they support the, the game designer and progress soldiers on. They're helping to—I I, think—the lack of Geeknator's patrons or in-world patrons, and geeks who throw bits at Twitch streamers or readers who turn off ad blockers when they visit a small website, are heroes in their own way. There's a bit of the Stockport spider Man in so many of us. The things that we can do to help this community. To help the little guys and help each other. Now of course, I'm not saying for a minute it's okay that Cortex Prime is two years late. If you're annoyed about this, then you have every reason to be so. I guess it's about, if anything, what you do with that annoyance. And there are signs of progress on Cortex Prime. This week, Adam Bradford shared a page from inside the Cortex Prime book. And it looks great. That's the same Adam Bradford who co-founded D&D Beyond and was spoken about what fandom might be up to with their very own RPG system in earlier episodes of Audio EXP. Elsewhere in tabletop gaming news, Wizards of the Coasts have had to rename a magic card. The expansion pack, Ikora, lair of the BMOps, is already late due to COVID-19. But once that first print run is out, no additional print run will include the card called Space Godzilla Death Corona. Wizards explain that the word Corona has a new meaning now, and I think they're right. I also think they've just made that card very collectible. Wizards of the Coast are keeping up their frequent d and playtesting with Unearthed Arcana. The latest PDF contains new spells and rules for magic tattoos. I think magic tattoos fit high fantasy worlds nicely. And are a way of giving some of the vanilla classes a bit more sparkle. The problem with all such playtests is, of course, if your D and D game is four years old now and your players have met hundreds of NPCs, then why have they never encountered a magic tattoo before? The art of world building, storytelling, is never easy. Hopefully, Charles Dunwoody's new series in Geek Native will help. It's all about basic world building, and Part Two, "Design a Base Town," came out on the blog this week. There's one other bit of official D&D news that nearly made it under the radar. There's an errata for Xanthar's Guide to Everything, but you can't get it. Not yet. If you happen to have bought a book that's been recently printed, then you'll have the updated version. And a PDF of those changes is due out later. There are a few changes, mainly about fixing imbalances, and I suspect the main one is probably Healing Spirit. Before, if you were smart... You could get healed as often as you needed in the time in which that spell was running. Now the spell runs out after a certain amount of usages even if there's still time on the clock. Now you might think it's good that Wizards of the Coast are working to keep the game balanced. I do. But the catch though is that some collectors won't like there being two different versions of Dance Arts Guide. There's the original version and now there's the correct version. Some people will want both. And may resent it. I like what the tiny publisher Massive Press is doing. They've just released a PDF version of the Mud and Maker game Lancer. We'll the print books are coming. Twenty-five bucks will get you the PDF from Itchio. Right now, though, and for the next few days, if you donate twenty-five bucks to a charity offering COVID-19 relief and show your receipts to Massive, then they'll give you a copy of Lancer we'll for free. Please do check on social media or over a geek native that the offer is still running though. There's a pay what you want download for The Dark Eye available as well, along with two free solo play adventures for the game. The Dark Eye is often described to me as one of the best fantasy RPGs ever, if not the best. I'm yet to play it, so I can't verify those claims, but they're made frequently and by different people, so I suspect, at the very least, it's a good game. The company behind that generous offer. Is Ulysses Spiel and they have videos of an actual playthrough of one of those adventures on YouTube and if you're bored and you don't mind the spoilers it might be worth your time. The map makers look have a free bundle up and drive through RPG. There are 12 different battle mats available in their care pack and I think they're perfect for virtual tabletop use. Posthuman Studios have also been generous. They have two Eclipse Phase supplements that are free to download Eclipse Phase is a transhuman RPG set after an apocalypse or two. The platinum bestseller, After the Fall, is the first freebie, and it's an anthology of stories set in the game's universe. The other, A Time of Eclipse, is the first 100 or so pages of the game in ePub form. Modiphius released their Elder Scrolls game, Call to Arms, this week. It's free in digital form that means using paper minis or improvising your own, but it feels like a perfect way to test the skirmish game to see if you might be tempted by the physical box when that comes out later. Once again, the digital form is also a good distraction for people locked inside. Lastly, let's talk about Humble Bundle. There's a collection of 3D printable dungeon bits available this week, and still a few days left on the Conquer COVID-19 program. The latter gets you about £1,000 worth of books and games, for a £25 donation. That's it for this week. We'll speak later and in the meantime, please do keep safe and well.